0: If we're going to try to set goals, but we don't have a plan or a map on how we're going to accomplish those goals, what's the likelihood that that's actually going to come to fruition? What's the likelihood we're actually going to accomplish our goals if we don't have the plan on how to do it? And that's what vision mapping is. It's really the plan.
1: Hey, I'm Shauna. I'm a business mentor and leadership coach. After years of working with leaders and professionals, the one thing I can say is I do not have all the answers. And guess what? I'm okay with that. This podcast is dedicated to having the conversations with the people who have been where you are or have the expertise that will help you to streamline, simplify, and take the guesswork out of growing and scaling your business. Each week, we will dive into guest interviews, tips, trends, and strategies that will help you to cut through the fluff. So, if you are ready to take your business to the next level, stick around. This is the Skill to Grow podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Scale to Grow podcast. Today, we are talking about how to implement vision mapping in your business. So I have Tiffany Haft with me, who is a fractional COO and an operations consultant and the founder and owner of Fierce Decorum Business Management Agency. She helps high-level creative entrepreneurs identify, strategize, and implement a solid business blueprint to focus on their zone of genius while their business runs in the background. So Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a bit more about you and what you do.
0: Well, thanks, Shauna. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. yeah, like you said, I'm the owner and founder of Fierce Decorum. And really, my superpower and my team's superpower is helping creative business owners build those rock-solid backend systems so that they can ditch the overwhelm, just dis- ditch the stress, and really build a business that gives them the freedom That is the reason they got into their own business to begin with, right? We all start a business because we're like, oh, we want this freedom. And then we get so sucked in and we never have that freedom. And so my team has really been the caveat to to make that happen for our clients. And I love to get down into the nitty gritty of systems and processes. Like I geek out over it. So that's kind of what I do. And then I'm a wife and a mom of four kiddos uh, ranging from seven to 15. So it is always chaos in my house, which is great. I love it.
1: (laughs) It's interesting. Okay, so I want to know, we'll get to the kiddos, but I want to know what creative entrepreneurs do you actually work with?
0: Let's see, other agency owners. So branding and web designers, interior designers. uh, I've worked with some builders, photographers, videographers, really any, I love creatives who are the big vision thinkers, but they need help executing. So I even have some people not in creative industries, but they as a CEO are creative. So they, they're the idea generators. They're the ones that are always thinking about what's to come. What can I do? I have all these ideas, but like the execution of the ideas isn't always their strength. And so that's where I can come in to help them figure out a plan, know who they need to have on their team, and then help them get those things done and accomplished.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So four kids, how do you handle four kids and take care of your creative entrepreneurs? Because that's a lot of work
0: ask for help and don't do it all. (laughs) Delegate delegate to elevate. Like even my clients, I'm like, delegate to elevate. Same thing with your house. Like I was just in a mastermind call yesterday and we were talking about this, of how hard it is for women entrepreneurs who have kids because we feel the societal pressure that we should be doing it all. And you cannot, there's just, just no way. So as much as you build a business and you start building a team and delegating to your team, build a house team, have a house manager, have a nanny, ask your family to help ask your spouse to help. Like have your, my kids are old enough. They do their own chores. Like they're in charge of the garbage. They're in charge of the dishes. Like they, they get, we pay them so they can learn money tips and how to manage a budget and all of that stuff. So like there are things that you can set up in your house and then just give over like the perfectionism. Like you need to be this Instagram Pinterest mom and make the perfect cakes and like, like just give that up. If you're an entrepreneur, you're not gonna have time for all that stuff. So pick the couple things that are really important to you. Like I make dance costumes for my daughter Well, I'm like a costume coordinator for my daughter's dance studio. And that is a bucket filler for me. I love doing it. So I say yes to that. But I don't I'm not on the PTA. I'm not like, you know, the carpool mom. So it's like pick the thing that is your thing and stick with that. But don't try to do it all like we just we can't. It's too much.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I gave that up. I don't know. My son's like 20 now. But I gave that up. When was that? Very early because I, I realized because his grandmother is more that type and she would always call me. And she's like, Oh you know, back in my day, I used to take care of this, this, this and this. And I'm like, back in your day, you weren't trying to run a business. You were at home. There was one income coming in and it took care of everything and everything was running lickety boo. Now, for me, it's not that I'm I'm doing my thing. And that's, it's not the same. Right. So yeah, I gave that up and I I made sure of it that everybody, like my son, (laughs) I remember the reason why she called was because I made my son do laundry and she was absolutely livid over it because he was he was around nine and I said, Oh, you know colors. Perfect. (laughs) I started him out with separating and he was telling her that he he knows how to separate the laundry and he's so excited and proud about it. And she calls me and she was so mad. She's like, why is he doing his own laundry? And I was like, he needs to learn. This is how he's going to learn. Like, you can't do it all for him. Now he, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. So anyways, I totally feel that. I totally get that. Oh my God. Like anybody who's running a business, like you, you really can't, you really can't.
0: Oh, my six-year-old already knows how to do his own laundry. So you can can totally, you can totally farm out. So, I mean, our kids... (laughs) you know they mow the lawn they do their laundry they they do the dishes like you have to and it's life skills like if my yeah. son when he's 20 years old or 30 married his wife is going to thank me that I taught him how to do his laundry when he was 6 so exactly
1: exactly so totally get it and that's why I'm I'm down for it and delegate to ele- elevate is absolutely the right phrase for that so let's talk about vision mapping because obviously to do all these wonderful things that we have on our plates and And to actually get some traction, we need to have like that big vision piece. So, how does that vision mapping exercise benefit business owners in terms of how they do their strategic plans and their goal setting?
0: Yeah, well, and I love talking about vision. One of the things that I use the example is where I'm from. So, we were chatting beforehand that I currently live in Minnesota, but I'm from Rhode Island. And we have taken the drive from Minnesota to Rhode Island a handful of times. And I can tell you, if we ever tried to accomplish that without a map, it would not go well, right? Especially driving through Chicago, like during rush hour, it's a mess. So I take that same idea and I want to put it on the on our goal setting. If we're going to try to set goals, but we don't have a plan or a map on how we're going to accomplish those goals, what's the likelihood that that's actually going to come to fruition? What's the likelihood we're actually going to accomplish our goals if we don't have the plan on how to do it? And that's what vision mapping is. It's really the plan. So your vision map includes the big vision. So this is something that is the thing that like makes you kind of ugly cry. The thing that when you think about it, it's it's so impactful. It's not about a little goal. So I like to think about health. Goal for health might be, well, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want a six pack ab. I want a peach booty. Like those types of things would be <laughs> like, they would be goals for your health, which is great, great goals. But that's not vision. A vision is The thought of sitting on the ground when I'm 85 playing with my great grandkids. Like if the hairs on your arms start to stick up, you start to get those butterflies in your stomach thinking about that. That's a vision. So what I recommend people do is they start with that big vision. Like what's the thing that just is driving you forward? Because being a parent is hard. Marriage is hard. Entrepreneurship is hard. If you don't have something bigger that you're focused on, the day-to-day is going to suck. But if you always are thinking about like working out, I hate working out. I hate eating good. It stinks. But if I know, well, my big vision is I want to live until my grandmother's going to be 99 this year. I want to live until 99. Like I want that kind of life too. So how do I get there? That's by doing the daily things, doing the goals. So once you know your vision, you then break that down into your goals, which are like the actionable things that are going to happen. And then those goals get broken down into steps and those steps get broken down into tasks. And that's really kind of the vision mapping process, and where it's beneficial is it allows business owners and just people in general the ability to now take a big vision and break it down in in daily chunks so that they're actually moving forward in their business in their life towards their goals
1: yeah, absolutely i guess the the easy part you know for the most part is putting the goals out. I think the hardest part is probably kind of chunking it out and mm-hmm. actually putting it into place, right? So what are some of the challenges that you normally run into when you're implementing this vision map in?
0: Yeah, well, the, I think the statistic is, or at least the last time I saw it, is that only 3% of people actually write down their big goals. But you're about 40% more likely to achieve your goals just by writing them down. So it's like, just as a practice, everybody should be writing something down. Like even if you don't have the time or the bandwidth or it's not your skill set to do a vision mapping process, you should still be writing down your goals. But you're way more likely to accomplish them in the time that you want to if you actually do like a vision mapping process. So I would say some of the biggest challenges are actually taking the time to evaluate and document your vision and your goals in the first place. So Mm -hmm. people just don't take the time to do that. They're so stuck in the weeds of the day-to-day operations and all of that that they don't take the time to step out of it And so making that a priority, especially if you're a business owner to like spend time thinking about where you want to go, what does that look like? And then how do you break that down over the course of the next one, three, five, 10 years from now? And then I've also seen people, business owners have a hard time breaking down their goals into bite-sized tasks. Like they have this big goal. And they're working towards it. But it's like, well, what do you have to do today to make that goal happen in three months? What do you have to do this week to make that happen, that goal happen in six months. So like breaking it down into tasks that are actually achievable that you can track. And then a lot of people don't put timelines, or they're very loosey goosey with their timelines, like, well, I'm going to do this in a year. But then you don't have any plan to get there in a year. And then you didn't keep yourself accountable to doing it in a year. So then the year comes and you're like, Oh, well, I'll do it next year. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, keep yourself accountable. And that's, part of the thing that I, what's really important as, as a business owner is I have people in my circle. They know my goals. They're keeping me accountable. They're telling me, Hey, you said you were going to do this. Did you do it? So having people around you, whether that's your team, your spouse, your, you know, friends in your industry, whatever, that they're aware of what you're trying to do so that they can, there's that, cause we're more apt to let ourselves down, but yeah, we have a hard time letting other people down. <laughs> so like capitalize on that and have other people know what your goals are so they can keep you accountable too.
1: It's interesting that you say that because uh, my partner did that to me the other day. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I probably shouldn't have told him. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> because he was, you know, he kind of said it and he said it's so matter of fact. And I was like, right, because I was going off on something else because, you know, ideas come in and it's like, oh, maybe we should do this or maybe I should do that. And he's like, how is that going to tie back to this? And I said, Mm -hmm. why are you here? (laughs) Why are you here talking about this? But it's absolutely important. I think what you just said is probably one of the most effective accountability metrics that you can use is like having someone there to kind of hold you, hold your feet to the fire and keep you kind of grounded on some of the things. Because FOMO, there's all these things coming up in the industry and you're, you're seeing all this information oh, there's this new technology, there's this new software, you go to a mastermind, someone's doing something. There's so many things that can influence kind of the direction that you want to take with your business, right? Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. And if you're not kind of focused and, you know, kind of intentional, like that could just go to the wayside, right? Mm-hmm. For, for yourself, like how often do you revisit your vision map, like for your goals?
0: Um, I like to do quarterly. It's funny. I'm actually not naturally a visionary thinker. I'm a doer. I'm an achiever. Mm-hmm. I'm like check the things off. I'm really good at the details. So this vision mapping and this vision idea has been something I've had to teach myself. And so I think like it kind of depends on your personality, but because I'm not a natural big picture thinker, I have to do quarterly cuz to think, what do I want to be in 12 months? I'm like, oh, that's too far away. Like I can't even think what I want to do tomorrow, you know? Like I need the time and so for me, doing it quarterly has been really helpful because then I can say, okay, I sit down at the beginning of the year or halfway through the year. July is a great time to do this exercise too. And say, which I will say any time is good to do this. So like, Just start somewhere. You don't have to start at the beginning of a year. And I sit down and I review like my vision. Okay, what is really important to me? And I think a part of this too, is understanding how do you measure success? Because my vision is not actually tied to any revenue goals. It's about my my mission and my vision for my agency on the people we're going to impact, not the money we're going to make. So like, if I look at my, I mean, I have revenue goals, but that's not my mission. That's not my vision, right? So I think knowing your personality, knowing what's important to you, and then kind of revisiting how it makes sense for your business. If you're in growth mode, you probably have to evaluate your goals more often than someone that's got like a stable business that they make widgets. They've made widgets for 30 years. They probably don't have to evaluate their goals monthly, but maybe if you're a startup, you do have to evaluate your goals monthly because so much is going to change that are going to impact those goals, the steps and the tasks, because there's a lot of moving parts. So I think it kind of depends on your business. I would say at least quarterly, or by you know halfway through the year, going back, how did we go? You know, like what do we need to do to accomplish these? How far have we come? You know, what pivots do we need to make? So those would kind of be my recommendations from like a, a timing perspective
1: okay that's actually it's it's good that you broke it down and you started off with the fact that like naturally you're not you're not like a vision mapper let's just use that let's just make that up right now (laughs) (laughs) so you're not the person who typically goes in and go yeah this is what i want this is like the pipe dream kind of look of, of the future you're more of realistically is this doable what have you found, because you work with creative entrepreneurs, what do you find is challenging when they're doing the vision mapping and then you're now in the like support in the work that they do and you have to then kind of ground them in terms of the vision that they put in front of them and then all the other things that keep coming up. Like, How's that been for you?
0: Yes, I actually I have a joke with one of my longest standing clients that I'm the yes and person, so she'll text me and be like, hey, Tiff, we should do blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yes, we can. But (laughs) that means we have to take off this goal or we have to shift this or like, yes, we can totally do that. Like, I'm always gonna say yes to my clients. Like, yes, this is a great idea. This is a vision. But that means we have to adjust the expectations or the timeline or some other goal because you can only do so much. So yes, you have all these ideas and you wanna activate all of them but you can't activate all of them all the time. We're only going to actually accomplish something if we focus on that thing for until it's done. Right. I think most of the people I work with are great starters, not great finishers. So it's like trying to get them to the point where like, okay, let's finish all this stuff before we add more to your plate. (laughs) So I think if you are creative, just focus on getting something finished before you add more things. And this will go to like how many people ask me all the time, like, well, how many goals should I be working on at a time? And for me, this vision mapping process was actually created by Stephen K. Scott. His program is not in print anymore. I took it, gosh, probably 15, 20 years ago. And he recommends writing a vision for every area of your life. So your marriage, your parenting, your spiritual life, your finances, your business, your relationships. I think there's one more. And so having that vision for each area... And then within each of those areas, you only have three to five goals per year within each of those areas. So obviously, if you own a business, you're going to have a few more goals than three to five because like your business is more, it's not just like I work a job and I want to raise like there's there's more that goes into it. But it's really helpful to kind of map out a vision in all of those areas so that you kind of are continuing to move forward and grow and and have that kind of accountability, not just flailing through life. Like it's once we started implementing that in my own life and with my husband and my kids, it's been really a game changer because we're all now on the same path, you know, of trying to improve and accomplish things together and have experiences. And so I would challenge everybody listening to not just think about their business, but think about like their life as a whole and how vision mapping can really come into all areas of their life.
1: Yeah. No, that that's important to like point out because I remember so when when I first met my partner the first thing I said we need relationship goals. <laughs> and he's like what? Who does relationship goals? I'm like we need relationship goals so that we're clear on where we're going, like we know how where this is going and you know we're kind of on the same page. So, you know, what you see out there versus what I see, you're still kind of keeping that big picture in mind. He absolutely left me out of the room that time. And I said, "Okay, I still made it." And I like plastered it on the on the, on the the wall at a time, and he he kept saying, oh, I'm "So tired of seeing this." And afterwards, you know, like I, I think he went to some event and they started doing something about vision mapping, and he's like, "Oh my god, another one!" And I was like, "Yes, another one." So it was interesting because fast forward five years later, he is totally bought into that vision, and he's sitting there saying, I don't know what you did, but I don't like it. But <laughs> totally bought into it because it's like, it's always there. And I said, this is what I was thinking. This is what I'm thinking that we need to do. And he refused to give me credit for it. But I can tell you without a doubt, it's like so ingrained in his head. And um, when it came to like professional life versus business, you know, it really helps to put things in perspective because there's many ways to get to the same outcome, right? So it's just really understanding what's going to be the best way as long as you're still focused on, I'm still going to get there. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I can take the back streets, I can take the highway, or I can take the most popular route on the the main road. So there's so many things that you can, so many ways that you can approach it. And I think that's really important that, especially when you're working with creative entrepreneurs, because <laughs> I work with a lot of starters. So so I totally get that. So you do a lot of work in the back for people who are pretty much like starting, like they go into it, they see, they see the big picture, and then you come in and do the execution. Do you find that there is a, a difference between how much effort needs to go into specific types of goals? So if you're going into goals related to financial goals versus goals related to like just other operational goals, do you find that uh there's maybe disconnect when you're working with those entrepreneurs? Do you find that they're more heavy on I don't want to deal with the operation stuff. I just want to deal with maybe the market and maybe the sales. Do you find there's a disconnect there?
0: Oh, absolutely. I feel like you know they're always gonna lean towards their strength and they're gonna struggle with the things they're not good at or they're going to muddy through it. And it, it's not going to end well. And it's like that delegate to elevate, you know, you have to we're, none of us are perfect at everything, you have to as a CEO decide, what are my skill sets, what are my money makers, and then I need to outsource everything else. So because it will bog you down, it will take money away from you by trying to do these things you're not good at that take forever that you hate. And it takes the joy out of your business. So the quicker that you can get to a point where you can start bringing in support, the better you're going to be because you're going to be able to focus on the things that really are moving the business forward instead of getting stuck into the weeds of the things. And it's different for everybody. Everybody has different skill sets. Some of my clients love the financial piece because they love sending invoices and it makes them excited because they get to get paid, you know. And then some of them hate it. They never want to see an invoice. Like they don't care. Like, yo, you sent it late. I didn't even know or whatever, you know? And and then there's other ones that love the marketing aspect, but then there's some that hate the social media aspect. And so we help with that. So it just depends on, like, I think doing the exercise to find out what are the things you love to do that make you money, that you're awesome at. Those are the things you should be doing as the CEO, as the founder. And then everything else, the things you hate to do, the things you suck at, the things maybe you like to do, but they just take you forever you should get all that stuff off your plate as soon as possible because it's the only way you're going to grow and scale. I don't know any multimillion dollar businesses that are one person. So eventually Mm -hmm. you have to start bringing people in.
1: Yeah. So even just kind of putting it down into like practical chunks, the vision. So they would go through that vision mapping exercise. So they will kind of think about all the ways that they want to sit on the beach as an 85 year old grandma and play with their grandkids. And they'll start thinking about, okay, well, one way to get there is to make a business that can throw off this much profits or this much revenue. So mainly probably more profit-focused versus revenue-focused so they don't have to chew up their time working. And then it's looking at, okay, what are the goals underneath that? How much do I need to make? Who do I need to bring in? And I guess kind of what kind of market and sales need to be in place, right? So mm-hmm. those are kind of like your big business chunks. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what are the next layers to that? Is there a next layer or?
0: Well, you're going to figure out those goals. So whatever Mm -hmm. those goals are for the year. So say, okay, if I want to, I want to build a sustainable business that helps, like for me, my mission behind my agency is to hire stay-at-home moms who are either getting back into the workforce or they want a really flexible career. And so almost my entire team are moms who some work five hours a month, some work you know, 40 hours a month or more, depending upon what their schedule allows for. And we match them with clients that have the same needs. So that's a vision of mine for the agency is I want to bring in moms who need that flexible career and desire that flexibility, who don't want to go back to a corporate job. That's just not the space that they're in right now. And whether that's a short term solution or a long term solution, I'm here for it. So I have one going back to a corporate job. She just left. I had another one who was with me for a year and a half and then went to a corporate job. So it's like that's part of my vision for my agency. So how do I make that happen? Well, I need to find good team members and then I need to find clients to fill that. So what does that look like this year? How many team members do I want this year? Okay, I want 8. Okay, how do I get that? How many clients do I need to solve for that? So that was one of my goals this year was to figure out how many people can I manage on my own and then I ended up bringing in an operations director to help project manage our retainer clients because I knew I can only manage about 4 or 5 people by myself before it's like too much. And then I need to bring in someone else to project manage the other team members that are working on, on these things. So I think now I have my goal. Okay, I want this many team members and I want this many clients to support those team members. Now, what is the step that is going to help me get there? I need to do networking events. I need to be on podcasts. I need to get my mission out there into the world to find clients and team members because I find both of them the same way. It's like speaking, teaching, training that's how i find team members and clients because once people know the mission then they they want to learn about it and potentially be a team member. so i know that those are the actions that i have to do, but then what are the tasks? so those are the steps. so i have my goal, i have my vision. i have my goal, i have my steps. and then the tasks are every day looking for new podcasts to be on, looking for training opportunities, reaching out to former clients, reaching out to, you know, researching local networking events that i can go to. so those are the daily things that i'm doing to then get myself out there and then find the team members and the clients to then attract that big vision of building this team of, of moms who want a flexible career. So it's like taking that big vision and then breaking it down into each of the smaller chunks so that you know what you have to do today to make your vision a reality.
1: No, I love that you broke it down that way, because I think that makes it crystal clear as to how you would go through like a practical step or a realistic step so when you're thinking, and this is where I love the fact that you you can bring in your own experience with it, because you're not only coming from it from the person who is very detail-oriented and able to kind of do the execution, but you're also coming from it from the experience of someone who works with people who are creative, puts the vision out there, and then needs someone to help them with put in the vision in place. So if you were to look at the kind of the like say you're going through You know, you want to get to that end state, hire to be a business that works with uh, stay-at-home moms. And somewhere down the line, you realize the market isn't, you don't have a lot of clients or you don't have a lot of, like the market's changed. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you have to go back in and adjust your vision or is less about adjusting the vision and more about focusing on how do we shift the goals?
0: Yeah, your vision won't change much. You might refine it, You might tweak it, but your vision is something that's probably going to stay pretty standard. It's the goals and it's the path that are going to change. So like, I have a vision of employing stay-at-home moms. We could do a whole host of different things. We don't have to do admin and ops work. We could do lots of different things. So like that vision could stay the same and my business model could change, right? I could switch and have a brick and mortar salon if I wanted and only bring on moms who want a flexible career, they could come to and work at a salon, you know, like, my vision won't necessarily change, but the mode that that's going to accomplish that vision could. So I think it's keeping in mind, like, who you are as a person, and the things you desire, probably won't change much throughout your career or your life. But the way that you get there is the thing that will will shift. And that's the thing you need to be looking at quarterly, monthly, yearly, so that you are making those tweaks and those changes as the market changes or as things happen. You know, I just think back to Sears, you know, Sears went out of business because when everything went online, they didn't change their business model. They went out of business. So the more that you're able to pivot and adjust and be flexible, it keeps and provide a valuable service, you know, whether that's a product, a service, whatever you provide, as long as you're providing value to people, you're always going to be needed. It's just a matter of like, what does that value look like?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally that's that's totally a hundred percent. Because for me, when I think about when I do vision mapping, I don't I don't typically do it just on like, you know, everybody goes, Oh, the beginning of the year, let's do your vision mapping. I don't typically do it that time. I do it somewhere before because it feeds into all the other stuff that needs to kind of start on January first. So and I also tie it back to a little bit around my buying cycle as well, because I want to also make sure that I'm not spending time in the planning phases when all these things need to be going forward. Because sometimes it just it's just not feasible. It's not doable, right? And you know, like as someone who, and I know you said you're a fractional COO as well. Like when you do a role like that, how do you manage the expectations around the planning and the strategic pieces with the visionary who's the CEO? as a fractional COO, like, what does that look like? If you were to have someone ask the question, like, well, I need to do vision mapping or I need to like work through my goals because I'm kind of a little bit all over the place and I need someone who grounds me, but also helps me to kind of reaffirm with a team. This is where we're going. This is what it looks like. Like, if you can share kind of your experience as the a fractional COO and what that typically translates into for you.
0: Yeah, we've we've operated a couple different ways. There's been some clients who, you know, I will do strategy sessions with from like a planning perspective, and they'll either do like a full day, which most of those are my local clients. So we'll meet in person for an entire day. And we like do a full on strategy for the whole year. Like, what are the big goals we want? How are we going to get there? Who's missing on the team? What are the holes like all of those things like in like a full day map it out. Not everybody can take that, like some, especially creatives, they need to like break things up because to talk about operations for an entire eight hour day is like way too much. And so in that instance, I say, okay, I give them homework. This week, I want you to focus on your vision for like just the finances within your business for next year. I need you to decide what does that look like? What do you want that to accomplish? And then we take that and then break that down. And then the next homework is like, okay, now... What do you want your team to look like, or your organizational chart to look like next year? And we've usually had some talks or discussions about, like, okay, well, if we want to be a million-dollar business, we need these things in place for that to happen. But they then can decide what is the big vision behind it, and what are the the main goals going to be because what, what how they want the business to grow that year. You know, I've worked with real estate agents where you can scale two different ways as as a real estate company you can bring on a bunch of agents and scale that way or you can keep it super simple have an admin staff and you just focus on sales so there's there's different ways that you can scale but it's going to depend on your work life balance and how much you want to work and how little you want to work you know and how much you want to manage people and how much you don't want to manage people <laughs> like if you want to manage a bunch of real estate agents then scale that way if you don't then don't scale that way so i think there's so many factors that can come into play but really for me it's about meeting them where they're at, and helping them, you know, working with creatives, I'm like, whatever's going to get you to the next decision, let's do that. If that's like you need to brain dump with me for an entire eight hour day, great. If that's we need to chunk this out. And every week you work on one little piece of it, then let's work there. So I've always worked pretty flexibly with my clients on where they're at.
1: Oh, that's actually a really good way to to do it, because you you kind of cater to the different styles. And you also give people time to process things. My, I think that's fantastic. So being cognizant of time and kind of making sure that we covered everything, like what are three things that you can share with the audience just about vision mapping and how to like use that in their business? And is there any caveats to doing vision mapping, whether they're a creative entrepreneur or just uh, the regular business owner who just wants to grow their business?
0: Well, I will say have some sort of system where you're keeping all of this information. So I'm a big advocate of project management tools because that's what I I teach my clients to use is project management tools. I love ClickUp. Um, it's a great platform for just general project management, but it, the way that it's set up is great for vision mapping because you can have your your vision, your goals, your steps, and your tasks like in one little space so that you can constantly revisit them. You can tag your team because it's you can you know communicate and use it as a platform to manage your team in there. So that's a great tool. I will also say that having some accountability, like the people in your network, making sure you're telling people about your plan, you're telling your team, you're getting your team's buy-in into your vision because they are more likely to stay long-term and be more invested in your business if they know where you're going, if they can buy into your vision. So that is a, a huge incentive for you to map this out and share it with your team because they will have more buy-in into where you're going. And then I will say, if you're more of a paper person, like you like to write down in paper versus having a digital platform, I still do recommend having a digital platform because like your team can't see what's on sitting on your desk on a piece of paper. But for you to keep track of it, um, there are a few planners. Michael Hyatt has a great planner line that is goal-centered. And so you can include like some of your goals and your steps and your tasks, like in the breakdowns, they have like 90, he's much, very much into like quarterly goal setting. And so there are some paper planners out there that will help encourage you to document these things. So those would probably be my three biggest takeaways if you're ready to get started and want to want to get started at vision mapping.
1: Okay. So what's next for you?
0: Well, like I said, I'm just on a mission to help as many creative entrepreneurs you know, make their dreams a reality, get organized, get their shit together, love what they do, you know, and really my team and I's superpowers is kind of helping get those tasks done. So from strategizing the operation side to executing the tasks and helping them stay organized, like I just want to help more people. So we're just going to continue knocking away at what we're doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I think they need you for that because I mean, like I know that for the most part, especially when you're a starter, like, if you're not, if you're not someone who has support, it just feels like you're failing. Mm -hmm. Because you're not finishing, right. And, you know, for a a lot of the work that they do, it requires so much focus to bring that creativity in. And the the detail work is just not, it, it just drains, right. So it's like a drain in part of the work. So, you know, absolutely, I can totally see that. So where can people find you if they're interested?
0: Well, I'm on LinkedIn yeah. and Instagram, both at Tiff Haft and Fierce Decorum, which is the agency. And then our Fierce dot com is our
1: website. Awesome. OK, so I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you again, Tiffany. And I'm not going to say your last name because I think I kind of forgot it. <laughs> oh, wait. Hey, there hey, you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's a, it's a running joke because when we started, she made sure she said, no, the, how you say it is this. <laughs> I, I'm doing like the hand gesture because all I can think of is, hey, <laughs> literally got it right though. But if you are interested in reaching out to Tiffany, by all means, everything will be in the show notes, reach out to her, you know, follow her, listen to her, her on social media, or at least follow her page and see what she does. And, and if it's a, a fit, an alignment, then by all means, connect with her. All right. Thanks, Tiffany.
0: Thank you, Shana, so much.
1: Thank you for listening to the Scale to Grow podcast. To work with us or access free resources, head over to www.concaveservices.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. See you on the next episode.